So the Blue Jackets have had some pretty good success with their first round picks in recent years. But what is their prospect pool like as a whole? We're talking about that. We're talking about uh, the late round draft picks with Tony Ferrari of Hockey News. Uh, that's all coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the news, the stories, the excitement, and uh, everything else about your favorite team and mine, the Clubs Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, and we are also over on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, then... Uh, I recommend it. It's pretty pretty neat over there. So uh, let's get into today's episode. Uh, we've got Tony Ferrari here, noted, very smart man, uh, draft expert. And I thought we would have a little bit of a chat about uh, the later round draft picks in general uh, of the 2022 draft. And uh, we also talked a little bit about kind of the prospect pool as a whole. So I'm just going to get right into it. So the Blue Jackets had a... Pretty exciting offseason so far, and that all kind of kicked off with the entry draft uh, where the Blue Jackets selected, I think, seven new prospects. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the prospect system in general because it's looking pretty good. And I decided the best person to kind of talk about that would be very smart man and draft expert Tony Ferrari, who is a friend of the show and is uh, joining us again today to talk about the baby Blue Jackets. Uh, how's it going, Tony? Not too bad, not too bad. It's a, it was a fun little draft for the Blue Jackets, I'll say. Yeah, we uh, we did some things I was expecting and some things I was not expecting. Um, so I guess let's, uh, let's kind of kick it off with a general, how did the Blue Jackets do in this draft in general, do you think? I think they did really well. I think I like I loved their top two picks and getting a defenseman for each side. I think Juracek fits fits exactly what the Blue Jackets need. A guy like Matejcik coming in as well, which you just kind of envision those two as a pairing going into the future, whether it's a, a top pairing or a second pairing. It's just a really fun mix of just Juracek being that nasty defensive guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything, who has some really fun offensive traits to his game too. So don't discount him there. But and then you have Matejcik, who's just this wild horse that you're like, what's he gonna do next? And it's pretty fun to watch both those two play. Um, Juracek has that mean streak, like I mentioned, he's been suspended a couple times overseas. So you can only expect a little bit more of that mean stuff coming over to the NHL when he gets here, and he's. Pretty close to NHL already, too, so it won't be too long before you have to see him. And then as, as I went through the draft, uh, Luca Del Belize, uh, Jordan Dumay, Kirill Delzhenkov. I think that's how, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Delzhenkov. <laughs> um, but they, they had some fun draft picks. There's certainly some guys uh, with intrigue. Yeah, I put, like, so I followed the first round pretty closely. Super excited about Juracek. Uh, one of my, I think, Blue Jackets hot takes is going to be that he makes the camp, he makes the opening net roster uh, in October. I don't think anyone would be surprised about that. Uh, really, really liked the Matejchuk pick, even though disappointed the um, 
Nazar and Lambert were still on the board and we went with Matejchuk, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> mostly. And uh, then kind of in the, the later round picks, I was kind of doing a little bit of research because I didn't follow it super closely. I was familiar with Del Belbelus. Uh, Jordan Dumay is a name that I hadn't heard until the Blue Jackets drafted him. And then it turns out that he like was third in the entire QOJHL for scoring this season um but unfortunately he's like 5'8 and therefore is only worthy of a third round draft pick i guess yeah it was really interesting to see where he was going to get drafted because he led all draft eligibles he topped shane wright topped everybody else from the chl in scoring i think it was 114 or 115 points or something crazy like that he had a really ridiculous season but he's a small player like you said 5'8 5'7 and he plays like a small player. And I think that's the biggest issue with his game is when you look at a guy like Alex Debrinkat or someone else that's small that's made the NHL, uh, Braden Point, even a Matthews Devoy, who was a guy drafted in this year's draft, who is uh, roughly a little bit bigger, but roughly the same size. They get to the middle of the ice. They get to those dangerous areas. They get to the kind of willing to kind of go through traffic. Whereas Dumais is this incredibly skilled playmaker who's able to thread the needle so well that he doesn't need to. He he's plays on the perimeter. He's a very much a perimeter player. And maybe that limits him at the NHL level, but I think this guy has some playmaking ability that will translate at the end of the day. I think there's a, a, an ability for him to get to the next level. Is he going to be a Jeremy Bracco or is he going to be a guy that kind of makes it into the NHL and, and is able to kind of translate those tools and everything? Because when Dumay does get to the middle of the ice, he does some really fantastic things. He's got really good hands. He's got some ability to kind of weave and bob through traffic. I think his skating needs to come up a little bit. I think you'd like to see a guy that small be a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. But he's got really good hands. He's got a really good uh, playmaking ability. He's got a pretty decent shot from in close, too, as well. So he's got the ability to score. It's whether or not he's going to be willing to commit to going to those dangerous areas of the ice that a lot of the smaller players don't want to go to. Coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Tony. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can write reviews and news of every league, including uh, Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, uh, even things like golf. I know the, there was a big baseball day yesterday with the trade deadline. I bet you could have put money on who was going to end up on what team. Because Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today. That is BetOnline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening because BetOnline is where the game starts. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how smaller players do in the Blue Jacket system this season, because obviously we've just picked up Johnny Gaudreau, noted small player that was going to be terrible in the NHL, and then turns out actually he can he can really play. Kent Johnson as well, another smaller player. So I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of, I don't think Dumais is going to be as good as either of those two guys, but I think it could be really interesting to see how a smaller player kind of fits into the Blue Jacket system and maybe be like, okay, well, we could. this is kind of a similar path that we can see Dumay taking in yeah. you know three four years down the line maybe yeah and it was really interesting because when Dumay was drafted he even mentioned Johnny Goudreau as a guy that he looks up to and uh, he wants to play like and he wants to do things like at the NHL level so it was it's funny that because I mean Johnny Goudreau obviously wasn't there when uh, Dumay was drafted but he got drafted there he, now he's kind of going to be kind of going to be able to come in and maybe Johnny Goudreau puts him under his wing a little bit uh, it kind of introduces him to how he made it to the league and how he weaved through some of the, the the obstacles that comes with being a smaller player in the NHL. 
yeah for sure it's uh it's weird to think about him as a, a veteran player i know that we're doing like a prospect thing and not a johnny gaudreau thing but you know we've to... the thing about johnny gaudreau is that he's what like 28 and now he's got all of these kids that are like oh yeah i watched johnny gaudreau play when i was growing up and like uh kent johnson wears 13 because of gaudreau and it always that always makes me laugh that he's you know young younger than me and is still somehow a, a veteran in this league yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, like as soon as guys are starting to go, I grew up watching Sidney Crosby. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, damn <laughs> it. I, I'm, and now they're like, oh, I grew. Up. My favorite thing now is you listen to some of these draft eligibles, and I, I interview them all the time and stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, Mitch Marner. It's been a guy I grew up watching. I'm like, Mitch Marner. Gosh. What are you talking about? <laughs> the guy's been in the league like a year and a half. Yeah, he's been in the league six years almost now. It's like, oh my goodness, God, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, well, we're getting old. <laughs> It's it's bad out here. Um, but to kind of talk a little bit more um, about kind of prospects in general. Um, so you've been doing these uh, kind of prospect overviews, I guess, over at the uh, the hockey news, the hockey writer, the hockey news, hockey news. Um, you've been doing these prospect profiles over at the uh, the hockey news and the Blue Jackets one. I read really, really great. Um, so I want to talk kind of a little bit about that in terms of the Blue Jackets seem to have refilled their prospect pool, I think, way faster than anyone kind of was really considering, because obviously Yamo kind of not really sold the farm for that one uh, playoff push where they finally won a series, but I think that was the draft. They only had two picks in that draft. Yeah. It was like a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick or something. Um, and now you look at the prospect pool, and you know, I know that you said Cole Sillinger doesn't count because he's an NHL player now, but you know, you look at Sillinger, you've got Johnson, you've got Kulamans, you've got Juracek, you've got Matejchuk, and you know, even getting into guys that have been around a little bit longer, you know, you've got guys like Fix Walansky who is knocking on the door, you've got Tyler Angle, Carson Meyer, guys that made their NHL debuts this season or you know, got their first call up and stuff. So, um, I don't know if you get to talk a little bit about kind of the the prospect pool that the Blue Jackets have. Where would you kind of rank that in like the league in general? Because I feel like they're probably pretty close to the top. Yeah, I think their prospect pool, because like I said, when I did the series, the big thing for me was, okay, like you got to take every, like, what is a prospect? Who are redeeming a prospect? In, in my mind, I kind of went anyone 24, 25 is going to be stretching it. And anyone that's burn the rookie status is, is eliminated so that's what cole cylinder wasn't included in this necessarily but i did mention him because he is such a young player he's an 18 year old in the nhl last year and other teams have guys like that too and uh, so just going off the players that i deem prospects for this thing I, i'd say they're in like close to the top 10 of this the uh, the prospect pools in the league like they've got a really interesting prospect pool because they have guys at every position i think that's a really enviable thing i think i was just looking over a minnesota wild prospect pool earlier today and it's kind of the same thing. It's like you have guys at every position that are not only necessarily going to be stars, but they're guys that you can rely on being NHLers going forward. It's not these boomer bust guys that some other teams have. Like you have a Eurocheck, you have a, a Denton Matej check, even going other guys, you have Carson Kuhlman, uh, Stanislav Slaz, Sfolzil, uh, Aiden Hreschuk on the back end, Kirill Marchenko, Kent Johnson, James Malatesta, Liam Foody, who somehow still prospect, it seems. 
Uh, Kirill Marchenko, like I said, Luka Delbalbuis, who they, they just drafted. And then you have the young players already on the roster. Look at guys like Cole Sillinger. Ken Johnson's going to be on the roster this year. He's going to be making the team and, and being a difference maker at the NHL level. Even looking at other players in this on this Blue Jackets team, they have guys that aren't necessarily old guys yet. So it's really interesting, young group of talent. And it's going to be fun to see where they kind of grow in the next little bit because they are this really kind of deepish prospect pool who has this talent and which guys are going to work out to their full potential. And not every single player that's at the top of their prospect pool is going to work out to be what we all hope they can be. But they're going to get a few hits, a few misses, and then there's going to be some guys that surprise. So I, I think Columbus has done a really good job. And like you mentioned, it was a big point in the article I wrote too, is after that 2019 run, I think it was, that they loaded up, they got Duchesne, Dezingle, everyone like that. They kept Panarin and Bobrovsky. They went into that draft with basically no draft picks. And everyone was like, what are they doing? Like, this is not a team that's going to compete for a cup necessarily. They're going to maybe win a round or two and they upset Tampa, which was awesome. Tons of fun to see. And I mean, you basically just upset the dragon who went back and won two Stanley cups and went to a third cup final. But at the end of the day, like Columbus won a round and then Yarmo was like, I don't care that I'm a madman and I did this. I'm going to reload real quick. In a minute, uh, we're going to talk to Tony a little bit more about this year's draft about uh, a prospect pool in general. That's all coming up next on Locked On Blue Jackets. Because that t- that prospect pool at the time wasn't all that strong. It was a f- decent prospect pool. It was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. And he's done a really good job of reloading quickly, getting some high end guys. I, mean, I think you look at guys like Igor Chinnikov, who was uh, a pick that was a little bit maligned, but he seems to be doing a half decent job at the NHL level. He was doing really good at the AHL level as well. So. Yarmo seems to have this magic touch of finding guys at, at picks that don't, aren't necessarily high high in picks. And then when he does get the high picks like he did this year, he's nailing the picks. So I think he's doing a pretty good job of building up this prospect pool. Yeah. I do think he got a little bit of help from Philadelphia, who decided to go with just the most Philadelphia pick in yeah. Cudagotier. And like, because that was the thing. I think the, the top four was pretty set. And then yeah. I was like, right, five could be could be interesting and then they picked kind of go to and i was like thank god because i was i had re- talked myself into david yurichek being a blue jacket and i was really really excited for it and i'm glad that it uh it happened but i want to talk about uh kind of a couple of names on the list that i feel like we spent we spent a lot of time talking about you know the yuricheks the johnsons uh players like that um aiden treshuk is a name that is really interesting to me so he's the player i believe they got him uh for max domi when they they flipped max domi at the deadline um what can you tell me about about hresha because he's a name that i didn't hear a lot about and then he's kind of slowly been popping up a little bit more and i think there might be kind of something there for blue jackets players to kind of well the development team to work with yeah, I really like Aiden Hirschuk. He was a guy that in his draft year, early in the year, I had ranked fairly high. And he kind of fell down the board just because he d- wasn't able to have the, the success that I, I a lot of people expected at the start of the year. And I think it was a lot of to do with just the fact that there was a he's on the NTDP team. And a lot of times those teams, once they get guys that start hot, they let, they ride them the rest of the year. And because Hirschuk's game is so well-rounded, he does a little bit of everything really well. Nothing elite, though. I think that's the problem is that on a team like the NTDP, they look for a guy that does something elite, whether it's Luke Hughes in, in his draft year or anything like that, and they let him ride. They they ride that guy till the end of time, and they let him do his thing. 
Kreshchuk was a guy that I think defensively does a really good job of using his mobility, using his stick, kind of turning play around quickly. And then in the offensive zone, in the on the power play, he's a really skilled, fun facilitator. But he didn't get a ton of power play time. So he was a guy that was at five on five, making passes, furthering play, kind of just moving the chain. And I think that's uh, a term people use in football all the time. But I think it's in the, in hockey, it's a play it's a player that kind of does the next step. And I think that's what Hrashchuk does. He's not a guy that's going to necessarily be a difference maker, but you look at him on a second pairing or a third pairing and you're, you don't have to worry about him because he's going to make the right play every time. I think that's the big thing with his game. He's got a couple years at college that he'll probably play more. And I think that's a really big advantage for a guy like him, who at the end of the day, like I said, isn't necessarily going to be a star, but he's going to be that pro ready guy that just kind of steps into the lineup and does a lot of really good things. And, doesn't necessarily win awards, doesn't necessarily get the highlights, isn't going to have the flash and flair of a guy like Luke Hughes or even a, a guy on the Blue Jackets like a Matej Chuck or even a, a Zach Wierenski. But he's going to be able to kind of do the right thing every time. And I think that's the the, predic- the big part of his game that y- you just rely on him. You go, you don't have to worry about him. You insert him into the lineup. He's going to make the play. And, and like I said, you don't have to worry too much. Yeah, he kind of puts me in mind of like a, a Vlad, Vlad, wow, Vladislav uh, Gavrikov. Yeah. who is kind of one of those guys that, that I just don't worry about. You know, he's yeah. not big. He's not flashy. Um, he's kind of, I always call him David Savard light because he plays yeah. a kind of a similar, similar role of, yeah, you just, you slot him in on the second pairing and he's probably going to play, you know, 18 to 20 minutes a night and it's going to be fine. Um, sometimes he kind of loses his mind and decides he's a rover like Zakarensky and you look up and he's behind the opponent's net. But, you know, for the most part, he uh, he's a really kind of steady defenseman. So it could be really interesting to see Kreshek kind of turn into a, a Gavrikov type player. I think that would be uh, that would be neat. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, we're not going to have an episode tomorrow. Uh, as I mentioned in Monday's episode, we are going to three days a week. So hopefully Monday, Wednesday, Friday might be a little bit different. I'll keep you guys updated. But as it stands right now, Monday, Wednesday, Friday will be the new episode. So our next episode will be coming out on Friday. And it's going to be the second half of uh, my conversation with Tony uh, because he's great and talked to me for like 45 minutes all about Blue Jackets prospects. So uh, that's coming up on Friday. Super excited to give you the second half of this conversation. I always have a blast talking to Tony. You can find him on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. You can find me at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. We are on every podcasting app of choice. We are on YouTube. If you want to email us, you can do so at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day, every day, free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. And uh, you're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a Locked On product, and that is our promise to you. So until Friday, make sure you stay locked on.